Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As is so often the case, it begins with a conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees mocked him, and he responds with what contemporary slang might describe as a theological beatdown. The self-justifying righteousness of the Pharisees, says Jesus, is an abomination in the sight of God. Moreover, he suggests, the attempt of the Pharisees to force their way into the kingdom of heaven is doomed to failure despite the preaching of the good news because not one letter of the Torah will fail. In these words, Christ introduces a paradox that shapes the way Christians live in the world down to this day. Herein lies the paradox. In the text before us, Jesus says that not one letter of the law will fail. Yet elsewhere in the scripture, God says through the apostle Paul, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And again, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming, of, until the coming faith would be revealed. How we resolve this paradox, that Jesus ends the law, but not one letter of the law will fail, determines not only our understanding of the way of salvation, but also how we conceive our life in Christ in the here and now. For some, the assertion that not one letter of the law will pass away means that, yes, to be Christian means to be saved by the grace of God alone, but to remain a Christian, one must strive to keep the law of God. Resolving the paradox in this way leads to an understanding of the Christian life that is centered on what we do for God and is measured by the degree to which we obey the law of God. In its most extreme forms, this tendency leads to the greatest of all heresies, the reduction of Christianity to a religious lifestyle. The other side of this paradox can be equally pernicious. For some, the assertion that Christ is the end of the law leads to the conclusion that God has nothing to say about the way that Christians are to live in the world today except that they should believe in Jesus. These cite Paul's adage that whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And they argue that the law, since it does not proceed from faith, has no role in the life of the Christian. They reason that since Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed, then we who are in Christ are under no law but what James calls the law of liberty. This tendency reduces Christianity to a religiously inspired but probably self-indulgent libertinism that does 
what Jesus refuses to do in our text today, it makes the law fail. How do we resolve this paradox so as to sail the straight course between the scylla of a new legalism and the charybdis of antinomianism? As is so often the case, the resolution of this paradox is found in the person of Christ himself. For Christ is indeed the end of the law, as Paul says. But things are ended in more than one way. The pain of a thorn in the finger is ended by taking the thorn away. The pain of hunger is ended by being made full. And what of the law? How is the law ended? Thus says Jesus, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus ends the law, not by taking it away, but by revealing its full meaning and in the process by keeping it perfectly. The law remains fully in effect, but we are no longer under its judgment for we have been joined to this law-fulfilling Christ by baptism. For those who have been baptized into Christ have thereby died with him and been reborn into his resurrection life. And for them, the power of the law to condemn us to eternal damnation has been swallowed up in his death. In Christ, as Paul says in Romans 7, we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive. It was he who kept the law, not we. And yet on that great Yom Kippur, it was him who the law condemned as sinner, not us. Him who bore the punishment of death, not us. Him who suffered eternal damnation for our sins. We who live free from that condemnation of the law through him. For those who are in Christ, the law fulfilled is a law that has lost its power to condemn, but not its power to teach. For it is the will of God that we grow up every way into him who is the head, even Christ. And if we long to see what it will be like when we grow up into Christ and he is fully revealed in us, we only need to remember that to grow into the Christ is to grow into the one who is the perfect fulfillment of the Torah of God. This conception of the Christian life is rooted not in what we do for God, but in what God does in and through us. As Paul writes to the Galatians, we have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And the life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself 
for us. And this, his life that we live by faith in the promise of his death on the, on the cross for us, God has resolved that other great paradox, the reconciliation of the perfect justice of God and the perfect mercy of God. In the name of Jesus, amen.